0: Today's scripture reading is Mark 16 verses 1 to 8. You can follow along in your bulletin. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen." He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. (laughs) The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, it's Easter Sunday again, and once again, we find ourselves recalling events that maybe for a lot of us are just all too familiar, perhaps so familiar that they breed that contempt that comes with familiarity, meaning that we're really hoping church won't last too long because we've got a big dinner planned, for example. (laughs) And I say that with love and affection because I probably would be thinking that too, And that's why it's important for us to slow down for a moment and take time to really absorb the meaning of this sacred recognition that we celebrate in. Now, some will hear what we are sharing with uh, an agreement or an ascension that is pleasing to the ear. But they're probably ignorant in many ways. There will be those who listen and don't understand anything we're talking about. And what does the Easter bunny have to do with it either? And then there will be those of us who have heard the word and it has changed our lives because the Holy Spirit has entered in. So there's all different kinds of people here. And since I can't really answer all the questions adequately that I would like to address today, I would like to give you just a couple of points to ponder today. Easter is, this resurrection story in particular, is about a cosmic problem. This is how God resolved a cosmic problem. Now, the word cosmos is used to describe the created, ordered universe. Therefore, it, by its very definition, describes a creator who orders the universe. Our creator God made all things and declared that they were good, but when the first people rejected God's goodness, they questioned God's authority and they questioned God's justice. And they brought into the world something called sin. It is the sin that is part of our nature, that sin that causes us to question if God is always good, and always God is good. It's what we call in the church world, natural sin. Now, this is a cosmic problem because with this, the chaos that comes with sin and welcomes evil has been reintroduced into a world where God has brought order to the chaos. Remember that in Genesis it says that there was chaos over the earth and the spirit hovered over the earth and brought order to the chaos. And ever since their sin, humanity has been struggling in this tension between chaos and order, between good and evil. Now in that Bible book we call the Old Testament, we like to think about it as a series of stories, but it's really a long singular story about the balance between the world and the ordered things as God intended them and the chaos that was brought into the world through sin. All through the Old Testament, God is teaching the people and therefore us how the ordered things would work if not for sin. And when we follow God's precepts, the world goes pretty smoothly and it's ordered and good. And when we disagree with God and disobey God, then chaos ensues and evil prevails. This problem would be continuing endlessly, if not for a divine intervention. With this definition of cosmos being a created, ordered universe, we can resume thinking about it again from God's point of view and imagining that no created thing can resolve the problem of chaos amongst created things. Only the creator can fix what's wrong with the creation. And so the creator enters into the story, becomes part of the creation for a time, and there in what we call the New Testament is God's solution for the problem of sin. And so God's son Jesus walks among us living as we do, suffering as we do, and providing Teaching and demonstrations of a world where he is the epicenter of order in the midst of the chaos. This, of course, brought about a cosmic battle. We refer to that on that scale because a cosmic battle is one where forces are at work that are seen and unseen. Where In the the angels of heaven and the angels of hell and all the saints of the world and all the evil of the world. It's all involved in this cosmic struggle. And so, for a time, God, in the form of the Son, suffered. Suffered punishment and injustice. Suffered torture and abuse and death. And then more, more than we really comprehend because he has also suffered the very separation from the heart of his being that is caused by sin because sin separates us from God and by taking upon himself our sin, Jesus has been separated from the very essence of his being in God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. He has suffered in a way that we cannot wrap our minds around, and yet this suffering he endured brings us into a relationship with God that we didn't have because of our sin. In order for us to get what he had, he gave up what he had so that we could have what he had. Hmm. Some of you regulars are thinking, I was wondering when he was going to start talking like Pastor Dan. So the exciting thing about this story is, is that it results in victory for the creator and for the creation. We celebrate today how Christ overcame sin and chaos and evil for our sake and released us from the power of sin and chaos. While today there is still evil and chaos in the world, its source has been cut off. What we deal with today is the lingering effects of sin and chaos, but the source has been cut off by Jesus Christ, the Savior. And when we enter into a relationship with him, we acknowledge that we didn't do any of it. And we acknowledge that by his grace, by his love, we have been redeemed. In some churches, that'd be an amen, hallelujah moment. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Courtney. As previously stated, I can always count on Courtney. I know we're Methodists, we're the frozen chosen. But let's warm it up a little bit. Don't worry, I was raised in Catholic Church, there's no Southern Baptist trying to get out, I promise. Soon, we're going to celebrate something even more profound, if you can believe it. And I want to challenge you today, as an Easter crowd, to come back on Pentecost Sunday and fill this place again. Because on Pentecost Sunday, we're going to see the culmination of the plan. Because at Christmas, Christ became like us for our sake. At Easter, He dies for us for our sake, and then at Pentecost, He invites us to join His family by giving us a transfusion of our worldly, chaotic, sinful spirit with His Holy Spirit. Now that's when it gets really exciting, and that's where the spontaneous amens and hallelujahs come from, I think. And so we can get excited come Pentecost Sunday because God is with us always and everywhere at all times and all places. And that is not just a sense of his presence, but the fact that he dwells in us, through us, around us, before us, with us, and after us. He is and was and always will be. And we're part of that eternal situation because of what we celebrate today. The breaking of the barrier. So, one day we will see him return. We will see him as we are in the flesh today, as Job says. But resurrected and transformed in the same way in which he now lives fully in the flesh and yet unique in all creation as the firstborn of the resurrected dead. We are people of hope. We are people of joy. And we should act like it every day of our lives. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for your word. Now burn it upon our hearts so that you'll be glorified and we will live like the saved redeemed, spirit-filled people that you have called us to be. Amen.